You're listening to the ESO Network, your station for all things geek. Ian, look at this. What, it's a police box. What on earth is he doing here? I mean, these things are usually on the street. I feel it. I feel it, you feel it. Faint vibration. It's alive. Earth Station Who, a fun mashup celebrating nearly 50 years of the Doctor Who universe. Hold tight. You never know where the TARDIS is going next. You're probably a bit confused right now. I broke the glass. It's all come back to me. This. What is this? That's my ship. What? Let me take it from the top. Hello. I'm the Doctor. I'm a traveller in space and time. And that thing buried down there is called a TARDIS. Time and relative dimension in space. You're gonna love this. Happy holidays, Earth Station Who listeners, and welcome to another episode of the podcast. That's right, folks. We are here, and we are going to be talking, ready for this, folks, the evil of the Daleks, the second Doctor, Jamie, and introducing Victoria. That's right. The lovely Victoria, who hasn't even started screaming her head off that much yet. We have to wait for just an episode or two. Got a little bit. Yeah, a little bit. A little bit. But it it was fun to see the restored episode animated completely. And I, I've i been dying to see this one since I read the Target novelization. And I am looking forward to seeing what you guys thought about this one. Because, you know, it's recently been released in DVD and here in the States. And... They have a color version, a black and white version. And I think the only episode that actually was existing still was number two of this. So I'm really glad they were able to do justice to it. And, you know, it's always a fun Dalek story. And this actually was originally supposed to be the last Dalek story, too. So, you know, it's hard to keep a good villain down, though, as they like to say. So... It'll be a lot of fun to talk about tonight. Of course, we have our regulars with us. Let's say hi to Mike and Mary. Hey, guys. Hello. Howdy. How's the holidays treating you guys? Pretty good. Very well, very well. This is the final Earth Station Who for 2021. Yeah, people got their hopes up. (gasps) This is the final one? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Wow, I thought you guys were ending with Trial of a Time Lord, huh? (laughs) Something like Evil of the Daleks. Well, after this seven part, no, just kidding. Um, oh, it's our, yep, our last one. We do we squeeze this one in right before the, the new year starts. Because mm-hmm, we'll be back again with you guys next week to review the Doctor Who, you know, New Year special. More Daleks. More Daleks. <laughs> More <laughs> Daleks all the time, you know. More Daleks. Even though they were supposed to be destroyed in the flux but you know who's counting they've been know? destroyed about a million times at this as, point as we've <laughs> seen it as we've seen in this episode that we're about to review exactly 
So it should be a ton of fun. So definitely, folks, we definitely would love to hear from you. Please write us feedback at earthstationwho.com. Tell us what you guys thought about this one. Did you like it? Did you not? What are your thoughts on seeing, you know, the introduction of Victoria? Did you like seeing a pretty much a a Dr. and Jamie straight story? It's pretty awesome. You know, them actually most of the time, though, they were not together. It was, you know, the Jamie with, you know, other characters and the doctor mostly with uh, Professor Winfield, Waterfield, sorry. So, yeah, well, in one episode in particular, I think the doctor, I think Patrick was on vacation, so he's hardly in that one at all. Um, And uh, yeah, so yeah, we finally get. We finally get a Doctor and Jamie episode, and they are separated through most of it. <laughs> <They're not wolfing. laughs> right. So um, there's not really a ton of Doctor Who news worth talking about yet. Uh, we did get, you know, you know, rumors about RTD, rumors about, you know, when he's going to be starting his season, uh, but we're not going to talk about that till we get stuff in concrete and firm. You know, it's just it's just not worth it right yet. And, you know, otherwise, we're going to have the new, you know, episode next week. So let's just enjoy it. Let's just see what we got going on. Uh, we There's been a couple fake posters put out for the Easter special. And it's definitely going to be in April. So the um, rumor going around is April 17th. But, you know, nothing confirmed by BBC unless next week they'll be showing a trailer for it after the you know after the new year's special which kind of hope they will but we'll yeah, be talking I mean, about that they could they filmed it so yeah yeah everything for jody is filmed it's in the can there's yeah, she's done know, she is she's done being the doctor already she's probably working on other projects or she's putting her feet up and reading twitter and reading comments on her doctor laughing. yeah <laughs> laughing all the way It'll be very interesting to see, and you know what? Let's just have fun with it. So let's dive right into Evil of the Daleks. We are going back to May 20th, 1967. Runs all the way through July 1st of that year. I was already already around, folks. Mike was just still a glint in <laughs> Mommy and Daddy's eyes. Yep. So, but Mary Not and even. I Yep, my is here. Yep. So we're here. We're old, and... It's going to be, it's interesting because this one was just recovered and, you know, fully, you know, restored on, in animation and loved it. Did you guys watch it in black and white or in color? I watched it in black and white and I watched uh, the, I watched it in black and white. And for the second episode, I watched the live footage. I didn't watch the animated one. Oh, we, you, you and I talked about it off the air yesterday after station one and you said you wanted to see what the characters actually looked like. Yeah. Well, I wanted to see, you know, I mean, that was the only live action that we had. So I wanted to see that. And then plus on the bonus material, there's some shots of the live action destruction of, um, you know, Scaros and, and the Daleks and, and all of that. Um, so that was really interesting to see. I'm glad that that stuff exists. So, um, that was pretty cool. No, that's awesome. What about you, Mary? I watched it in color. Really? Because I, I was just interested to see um, see how they did with it. Yeah, I mean, it was fine. Yeah, I don't. It didn't really detract from it. I, I did go and look at the, you know, the the footage they had of the the original one, 
and some stills from the original one just to also see what the characters look like because frankly I didn't think they did such a great job on animating the the people in this the backgrounds were actually nicely done mm-hmm. and the Daleks and oh the Daleks was yes. great animated yeah they definitely did it was interesting to see I did like you know how the story flowed and you know as we like to say you know there's going to be spoilers. So if you haven't watched this one or never read the books or anything, we're going to spoil the hell out of it, folks. Scaro gets totally, the Daleks get destroyed in this one, big time. And it got criticized by a lot of the public because, you know, at the time it was still known as a children's show and they showed Daleks getting destroyed and coming out of their casings and stuff. It was just pretty, it was, gave kids nightmares. But I thought it was really well done, even in the animation. Yeah, the animation and 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 seeing the live uh, the footage that exists of the battle and all the explosions and everything like that was uh, was was pretty cool. I was like, wow, this is this is really amazing. I mean, you could tell that this was supposed to be the last send off. Um, although on the bonus material, it says that the, when this the, when the guy went to direct. The he was about to, you know, he's setting up the explosions to 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 set off uh, the explosions for the second for the um, Emperor Dalek and the, this big finale, and he gets a call from uh, the producer who I guess the showrunner at the time was uh, Innis Lloyd, right? Um, and and he goes, uh, well, we just talked to Terry and uh, we don't want to end the Dalek, so he wants there to be more Dalek stories <laughs> because Terry. He didn't say this, but I'm sure because Terry couldn't sell it to anybody else. Right? Yeah, he like, was trying to sell it to Americans, actually. He was trying to sell it to America. He tried to sell it back to the BBC for a pilot. He tried to like, you know, he tried to try He tried, uh, but it just wasn't happening. So, uh, so yeah. And the guy's like, I got this. I'm just about ready to press the button and destroy everything. And, uh, and they're like, well, think of some way you could do it so that they're not dead at the end. Uh, so he, uh, he fixed the light in the emperor um, so that it's still pulsating even after the explosion goes off and everything. So you can, you can tell that the, I don't know, I kind of missed it in the animation, but I, I didn't get the impression that the, in the animation that I saw that, uh, that the Daleks were still around at the end. It looked no. like everything was completely destroyed. Yeah. I didn't get that from the animation either. I just read that later, but yeah. supposedly he had, he had done that. Yeah, so um, so maybe they missed out on a little bit there. They probably could have, uh, in the animation, they definitely could have done. I know they try not to take too many liberties, but obviously they're taking some. Um, and to Mary's point, you know, we've we've it's the same company that's do, that's doing these uh, reanimations or whatever. And for the most part, I think they're doing a great job. This one felt a bit rushed to me um, mm-hmm. in, in terms of. I mean, I know it's it was massive because. You know, and they don't get a huge budget. So, and this is seven episodes. So, I mean, that's a lot. But I felt like some of the um, some of the the animation, especially on the Doctor, in, like on on Troughton, on the Doctor, on the second Doctor himself, like was just kind of not great. No, um, I felt well, that draw- also. The, just the drawing wasn't great. Yeah, the animation yeah. wasn't great, and and that that kind of detracted for me a little bit. I mean, it was a decent story, but I, 
I don't know. It, I felt like they spent a lot of time on the backgrounds and the Daleks. Those, those look great. Mm -hmm. I mean, don't don't get me wrong, but also those are easier to animate. You know, with computer, it's harder to animate organic things and uh, have them look realistic. But, but I mean, the other tough. ones that we've the other one we've seen the other ones that we've seen by these folks, faceless ones and um, Macro Terror. I think we did last year and all that. They were. I didn't. I thought those were great. Um, they were I definitely it, better. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. And I don't know. Like I said, I, I don't know if this one. I guess they've been working on it since 2018. Um, and uh, I don't know why this one like it looks the way it does. Again, I, I'm granted. I don't think they have much of a budget. Um, and maybe it's because they had the same budget they did for the others. Only they had seven episodes <laughs> instead of like you know four or five or whatever. But um, I don't know, um, you know, but, uh, uh, but, but that said, I mean, it is a visual representation and they do give you options. I mean, you can just watch the, the stills if you want and just listen to the audio if you want to do that. Mm -hmm. Um, so this is as good as it's going to get, you know, and, and the story is pretty good. I mean, you know, <laughs> I enjoyed the story. It's a, it's a, a little Dalek, long, but it was, it's a, it's a Dalek story not written by Terry Nation because he was too busy trying to sell the Daleks. So that's a good thing. Um, yeah, that, that really helped it a lot. <laughs> you could tell. Um, and and uh, maybe because it was their big epic, uh, I don't know if it was their finale, but their big epic send-off for the Daleks, that's why it's such a massive story. But of course, they didn't. they couldn't spend a lot of money on Skaros. So most of it takes place. Well, the first two episodes take place in like the '60s, right? And then then we got eight or something, right? Yeah. Then we got four episodes or something like that yeah. in uh, mm -hmm. in in the mansion in Victoria time, uh, literally. Um, and then um, and then we got uh, um, you know a couple episodes in Scarrow. So I think you know they had to distribute the funds, um, but and from what I understand, they got to. Uh, you know, they got to film on location at the at this mansion uh, for most of the uh, Victorian era shots. So that we miss seeing that, but I mean, on the second episode, it's there, so that's pretty nice. Um, but you know, it's a it's an interesting story. The fact that the Daleks are like they've been defeated by the humans enough that they're kind of wanting to know why that that what makes the humans like you know be able to defeat them. But the real plan, of course, is to come up with something to turn uh, humans into Daleks. And that's kind of a cool twist. Um, I, I like the idea of it. I like the sort of way it plays out. I love, you know, the fact that it's a Jamie and Doctor story. Even they're not together, the interplay between them is great. And uh, this is the first time, really, where we see them really, like, have a difference of opinion and and go after each other. And that was pretty interesting. Oh, it was interesting because Jamie was spying on the doctor with the plan and he thought the doctor had turned evil mm -hmm. and was working directly with the Daleks. And of course the doctor was, you know, four steps ahead of everybody at that point. Yeah. I mean, to be fair, he was basically using Jamie, <laughs> you know, Jamie didn't know what the doctor was doing. <laughs> I know. He, he certainly didn't explain it to him. <laughs> the fact that the doctor says like, you know, well, I knew you could handle Jamie. That doesn't really make things better. No. Um, <laughs> I don't know if, I don't know if Jamie thought he was evil completely, but I do think that 
obviously he had a problem with the way the doctor handled things. And, and usually I'm used to think, uh, thinking of Patrick Troughton's second doctor as a guy who's pretty low key as everything in hand kind of, or when he doesn't, you know, he's always caring for his companions. This seems to be like one where he, he's really wrestling with the greater good and, and kind of like willing to sacrifice his companions almost in some ways. And I don't, we've never seen, I don't think we've seen that. I haven't seen that doctor played by Troughton before. I've seen it in other, other doctors. Yes. Yeah. But this is the first time I've seen it here. And I don't know, this is the first time, this is, this is the first time Jamie meets the Daleks, right? I think the first and only time, right? It is. Cause this is the last time we see the Daleks other than little cameos and stuff like stills and everything like that until 1972 which was uh day of the daleks yeah so that's quite some time that's what five years so <laughs> we can't imagine going five years without the <laughs> <laughs> now, now we're lucky nope. if we go five episodes without some time. uh the daleks are back again yeah but it's interesting because i agree with you that you know it was the first time we had jamie and the doctor al- alone because we had you know until before that we had polly and ben with them mm. and we we dodged a bullet on this one folks because polly polly and ben annika wills and what whoever played ben um was under contract till episode two of this storyline but they decided to say see ya we'll, we'll let you go at the f- end of the faceless ones well yeah it didn't make sense to to, to can him unless they were just going to kill him. Um, so it didn't make sense to keep him on for this one. Um, so yeah, that makes sense. Um, I think I, you know, it's weird because, you know, they wanted from the faceless ones, they wanted Pauline Collins to continue the role of Samantha. And I think when we both, when we watched the faceless ones, I think we all like Samantha. And I think she was one that we were like, yeah, that would have been cool if she was the companion, the next companion. But uh, uh, Pauline turned them down when they offered her the part. And then I think they had a couple of different other people in mind. And they finally went with uh, uh, Deborah Watling as uh, Victoria. Um, you know, when we, um, when we watch these doctor stories, it comes up quite frequently if the characters are good enough, like whether or not they'd be good companions or not. Uh, I can safely say that in this one, uh, after watching it now, granted, it's animated form. So I, I, I have to. I have to say that, you know, taking that into account, you can't strictly like take really like value or or judge the acting ability of some of these people and but characterizations. But uh, with what we have, I could definitely say while watching this, I did not wish that Victoria was a companion, like would join up as a companion. That seemed to come out of nowhere. In fact, I would have much rather had Camel join the TARDIS crew. Yes. he, he was, was the, one of the most interesting characters and they kind of when he gets killed off it's so superfluous oh it's know? so awful i was like i was like it's like five minutes to go and i'm like kemmel's still there i'm like but i know he's not going to be a companion i'm like and then then the doctor then the guy comes out of nowhere and i'm like oh just, this just is like how trips him you know? exactly. <laughs> uh, and i'm like oh that sucked. I mean, can you imagine what a dynamic it would have been having the Doctor Jamie and Kemmel as a crew? Like that would have been 
That would have been cool. It would have made the next story, which is, you know, Tomb of the Cybermen, a lot more interesting. I'll say that much. Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, You know, have a, I mean, granted, like Jamie's your strong guy, kind of, you don't, so you don't need to do, you don't need to have two of them. But what an interesting dynamic, how different that would have been. You don't need a a cute little girl, like, you know, all the time. But at at that point, you wouldn't be able to tell the BBC that because that's, that's what they wanted. Yeah, well, it's still what they want, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> unfortunately. Yeah, yeah, that's true. So, uh, but that was good, and and I was really surprised seeing the stills and everything. I was I was surprised to see that Kemmel, like animation wise, really looked. They did a. They, I think they did him justice. Uh, as yeah, far he as actually the- was one of the best drawn of the characters. Yeah, yeah, I agree. It was. It was interesting, too, because his character, you know, you thought he was just going to be the dumb, muscly bad guy and get killed off by the Daleks or something real quick. And, you know, Jamie, like, saved his life and he was like, hey, you're not so bad and or anything. And that's what made it really interesting. And he, uh, he stuck through the rest of the story. He was in it for, what, five, six episodes? And he was he was awesome. I liked his character a lot and he was loyal to Jamie, but he was also very loyal to Victoria. Such great dialogue. Oh, the best. <laughs> Amazing his fa- voice his actor. face, his <laughs> face said so much too. You know? his, his voice will be like ringing in my ears for years to come. <laughs> uh, no, he was, um, uh, but no, you're right, Mike. I, I thought he was great. And I was worried the first way, first when he's introduced, you know, the guy brings him out and I'm like, Oh, this is going to be awkward. You know? Well, yeah. I'm thinking, Oh no, we are going to get some huge racist. <laughs> yeah. British colonialism at its worst right here. <laughs> um, and you know, there's a little bit of that. Sure. But it's not really, but the way, like, I love the fact that even in this day and age, you got a character like Jamie who just, despite where he grew up, he's he's really like colorblind when it comes to all of that stuff. And he, I think this is a really, really strong Jamie story. Probably one of the strongest Jamie stories. Because when he gets, you know, this is the first time he meets the Daleks, which is the the worst enemy of the, do- doc- the Doctor, period. Like, you know, you can, you can hem and haw about anybody else, but I think historically... The Daleks are the worst. They bring out the worst in the Doctor. Every time the Doctor sees him, even in this one, you know, when Patrick Troughton sees the Doctor, I mean, sees the Dalek for the first time, he doesn't even see him. He just hears him. And he's like, oh, yeah, I understand what's going on now. Um, But Jamie doesn't even think twice, just attacks the thing and destroys one right away. This is like an ace baseball bat moment. Like, he just (laughs) takes one. He takes him out. And I'm like... You go, Jamie. Oh, and I loved it. You know when they wrapped the rope around the one and threw it off the yeah threw balcony. It down. That yeah, was that just was awesome. great. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> it, it was just it was just awesome. You know, and Jamie was like, "Doctor, you've been saying Dalek this, Dalek this, that since I've joined with you. I don't think what's so bad about these guys." You know. And it was just, it was just awesome. It was neat though, that the story, you know, started still right after Faceless Ones when the TARDIS was stolen in the back of that truck and Mm -hmm. seeing the doctor and Jamie chasing after the truck. (laughs) I would love to have seen the live version of that. I so would have loved to have seen that. It was, it was just awesome. But 
And then it, I thought it was great. It felt almost like a spy pop plot at first. You know, they they had the pictures of the doctor and Jamie. Oh, let's lure them to this, you know, antique shop and, you know, and the whole thing, meeting at the coffee bar and everything in, the, in 1967. And it was it was very well done. And I like, you know, they these people didn't even question, you know, oh, there's time travel involved, you know, like Professor Whitefield and everything. It was just, it was just really interesting with that. They get transported to um, 1866 and the doctor wakes up first, right? And, uh, you know, um, uh you know, the first person he meets is the maid or whatever. And, uh, you know, she says something like, oh, I'll tell the master you're awake. And he's like, the master? And I'm like, whoa. (laughs) (laughs) Wait a minute. (laughs) Wait a minute. (laughs) I was like, whoa, what are we we doing here? And uh, Four seasons too early there, mister. (laughs) (laughs) I know, right? It's like, well, even, you know, if they only knew, right? No, it was it was awesome, and and I felt I felt so bad for Jamie. The doctor got up, you know, he went on his way. Poor Jamie got up, met the maid, drank whatever that tonic was to make him feel better. <laughs> and as soon as he's awake, boom, bath. Yeah, you know, right, right. Almost immediately. <laughs> exactly. It's like, oh, that poor guy. Yeah. And it's just like, and it was it was just so it was a. Gr- I like the story. It was yes, it was seven episodes, and it could have been a little bit shorter. But I liked the story itself, and it was very, very interesting that, you know, they had the one, you know, character who was under hypnotism by the Daleks, and that and kept on hearing the static in his head and everything. I could have sworn he was going to be a robot, especially when the doctor came after him with the, with a, a real screwdriver, not the sonic screwdriver. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. and, yeah. and the one guy pulled out his sword and he pulled out the screwdriver. And I'm like, oh, again, we're too early. Yes, it's like, oh, <laughs> close. You're only a season off from that one. You're, it's only a sonic away. Exactly. But it, he pulled out the screwdriver and it's like, hmm, magnet. There's something that's, you know, in here that I thought he was going to be a robot or something or a cyborg. Instead I, of just a little box on him or whatever. Yeah. I I don't know what was going on with that guy. And I don't think they really, they just kind of wrote him off. Like, you know, the doctor's like, you two women, like, take him far away. And then they left. And it was like, okay, well, they're, well, they're gonna, like, that's a plot point that's just gone. Yeah, like, I guess, I mean, I guess the implication was if you get him far enough away, then he's not under the influence anymore. But yeah, that wasn't handled very well. I think later on, they kind of implied that the Daleks were using him. Like they tried to do the Dalek factor with him first and it didn't work or something. Oh, wow. Um, I didn't even get that. I didn't either. I thought he was just under, I just thought he was under hypnosis with that box or something. And that was him fighting it. That could be. I just think that, like I said, like when the when the doctor's talking to the Emperor Dalek, I think the doc, I think he says something about that or whatever. It's in there somewhere, I think. But I could have been, I could have been mistaken. It could be something else, or maybe I just, you know. Okay. I will well, admit they did that, say something about experimenting on him. So I will admit, I think. Uh, so I watched the first four episodes one night. Then I took a break, uh, and then the next night I watched. Uh, the last three and during the 
the sixth one. I think I fell asleep and then I had to, and then I had to rewatch. Okay. So I had to start it over. So I, I watched a lot of it twice, but, um, but all the stuff from Scarrow, I, I had to, I hadn't, I hadn't seen so in that one. So I had to watch, I watched all that anew. So I was trying to get caught up at the same time as I was watching it. So it was weird, but, um, um, you know, I, I was surprised that they went to Scarrow actually, you know, when they all said like, Oh, we're going to Scarrow now. I'm like, really? Like, like, <laughs> like this is where this is going. I was like, this is okay. This is pretty amazing. Yeah. I actually, I liked it when they went to Scarrow. <laughs> I thought that was kind of cool, you know, mm-hmm. especially for back then. Well, exactly. And, it's interesting, you know, the very 60s looking Scarrow, too, with all the like metal scaffolding and everything. It was just mm-hmm. like, there was like no solid walls. Everything was just all hollowed out. It's like, well, Daleks probably don't need walls, you know. <laughs> well, I, I mean, it's different from the Scarrow that we'd seen before. And, and one of the reasons why was because uh, the budget, you know, and one of the things they, they do talk to the, the set designer on the bonus material, too. And he was like, when he was setting up the the Dalek camp or whatever at Scarrow, the base where the emperor was and everything, he's like, I need to make it cheap because we're spending all the money on the emperor Dalek. I need to make the set cheap. So I'm just going to put these rods up here and then have black curtains behind it. And that's one of those things that works in really well in black and white in color. Well, I don't know what it was like when you got with the animation wise, but certainly in black and white and on, on when in live action in color, like in black and white, that, that works very well. Um, but, um, so that's why that was like that. Hmm. Like, oh. like anything else, when you wonder why they did things in Doctor Who, especially in classic Who, most I mean, nine times out of ten because of the budget. Yeah. I mean, you know, they did the best with what what they had. It didn't look bad, really. No, I didn't think it looked bad at all. And I I was really impressed by the the battle sequences between the Daleks and and, uh, um, the whole chaos and the destruction and everything like that. I mean, that was, for the time, that was pretty epic. Oh, very much so. It just, you know, just picturing it in my mind when I first read the book, it was awesome. But then seeing it, you know, with the, the Daleks exploding and, and literally the Daleks inside of it squirting out in, in certain points, it was just like, oh, that must be awesome on screen. And I think the animation caught it, but I would have loved to have seen the actual video of it. So. Yeah, I kept wondering how much did they, if, if they took any license with the animation, because I, you know, I wondered if they, some of these effects were, were something they could have done, <laughs> you know, with so little money. Well, the then. one question the one question they kept it from what i could tell they kept it pretty honest um but one of the things that i was really surprised by in the animation when the daleks get destroyed you see the actual beings inside and what's left of them or whatever and mm-hmm. i was like wow was that in the original and sure enough some of the clips that yeah. exist show they're actually like you know these these pulsating membranes or whatever mm-hmm. uh off uh, coming out of there and it's like oh that's pretty disgusting so yeah, Mike, I could t- I I could see where you know back then, kids were watching and like that's pretty gross. Yeah, it's pretty horrific, mm-hmm. and I'm sure parents were not thrilled about that. Yeah, yeah, the kids probably just blew it off. The parents were probably more upset yeah. about it. Than the kids were <laughs> probably the kids were like, oh, awesome, and the parents were like, <laughs> little chimney, oh my god, <laughs> exactly, shut your eyes. 
And that's how Stephen Moffat first saw Dr. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, it was, it's pretty darn awesome that, you know, they did all that. A lot of, some of the side characters I didn't care for. I didn't really care about uh, Maxtable all that much. Yeah, I kept hoping he would go away. Yeah. And unfortunately, he's there through the whole thing. You know, I fully expected him, even when they were try the Daleks were abandoning the house and going off to Scarrow, and he was futzing with that machine, which ended up being the bomb. I thought he, I thought the Dalek was like, you must not touch it, you know, and just shoot him right there. But no. Right. It's I a, uh, I think that's one character, not completely, but I think that's one character that definitely is not serviced well in the animation. In the second episode, um, you know, the guy who's playing him, Marius Goring, is quite the accomplished ac- English actor. Um, and, uh, and and the bonus material, they say they were lucky. They didn't think he was going to say yes to it. They, they thought he was going to be too big for it or whatever. And he said, yo, I think it'll be fun. And granted, he does an over-the-top campy job. But I think that could be said by so many other, especially Doctor Who villains. Um, he doesn't get a lot to work with. But um, certainly I do think like his performance was probably enhanced if you saw it live action better than the stiffness of the animation style um, that was done with him. I, I don't that that wasn't that wasn't going to lend itself to very like over the top campiness. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. I'm sure. Especially because he, all he wanted was from the Daleks is to learn how to turn lead into gold. Sure. You know, the, the typical alchemist. It was yes. written very poorly. Yeah. Um, I mean, his, his, his reason for being and, and for doing that was really badly written, but, but uh, I thought, I think there was potential there, but I, uh, yeah, it doesn't come through. I think in the animation. Well, I think they were trying to just show how petty he really was, but it yeah. just ca- came across as a caricature. So uh, it made him too car- tar- cartoonish. Ha ha ha. Ha 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 ha. <laughs> and you just assu- you assume he was destroyed when the Dalek Capital Command Center, whatever. Yeah, it was destroyed. he goes running back in, and yeah. Yeah. Which would serve him right, but I would have wanted to see him die. Ha! <laughs> just like the bloodthirsty barbarian. You know? Yeah, especially since he takes out Kemmel. Like, you, like, yeah, we need to get like some retribution for that. Mm-hmm. He, you know, yeah, he like five minutes left. He kills Kemmel, and then he says, "Oh, the, he's about to kill." Oh, I Jamie forgot my keys. And, exactly. He's about to kill Jamie and uh, <laughs> you know Victoria, and all of a sudden. All Daleks return. He was like, oh, got to go. See ya. Did <laughs> I like, leave the iron on? I better go. Yeah, exactly. So it's just like, really? And then, of course, the doctor pops up. Hey, you know. But this is the first time. So this is where the Daleks come up with the idea to use humans. And we do see that even up to New Who. We do see the Daleks using the Dalek factor, if you will, to create or to actually make humans, not like clones of humans, but actual humans into Dalek drones. Oh, yeah. Well, that, you know, especially in the new series, they tried doing that hybrid human doc, human Dalek in the doc, in the Daleks in Manhattan. And then we also had the uh, Daleks, you know, basically making spies with uh, nanotech. And, you know, the 
stalks coming out of the people's foreheads. Yeah, and in a, was it Asylum of the Daleks? Yeah. I think yeah. when we see that. Yeah, exactly. that's what I was thinking in particular. Like I was like this. Yeah, and I think it stems from from this story because I don't recall any of the other Dalek stories using that that sort of aspect of what the Daleks can do. I know, like during the first Doctor's era, especially like during Dalek Master Plan, the Daleks had humans working with them. But not like this. They didn't no, control no. them. Like they weren't like drones. No, not at they all. They just made deals with them, like they did with, uh, uh, like they did with uh, Maxtable. Exactly. Exactly. So it was just interesting to see. The Daleks were great, and you know, it was not hidden anywhere in this that this wasn't a Dalek story. Even in the you know, evil of the Daleks, you know, that <laughs> kind of gave it away there. No surprise. Yeah. Well, I mean, they don't appear until the second episode, right? So, right. So, but yeah, it was. I liked it. Um, I thought I was happy to see this, and I'm glad to have this as part of my collection now. And you know, and this leads, you know, this these three stories together because with the faceless ones, then with this one, and then two of the Cybermen right after this. And then, you know, they go, they go into a huge classic era at that time, you know, with some great, great stories. And, you know, I think right after that is the Abominable Snowman, which we're going to be getting very soon also. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm which, looking forward to that. So yeah. it's, pretty, it's pretty awesome. The only thing about all of those or all of these, whatever, is that, uh, you know, I mean, I, I, I don't mean to be a hater, but I'm not a big Victoria fan. Um, I, I don't, oh, really she doesn't do a lot, <laughs> uh, you know, she, and in this, like I said, she doesn't do enough in this to make me think, oh, this is going to, she's going to make a great companion. The only thing I was thinking though, and you correct me if I'm wrong, because you guys have a little bit more familiarity with this than I do, but it seems like out of all the companions, even though there's, you know, no hanky panky in the TARDIS or whatever, it seems like Victoria is the one that sort of out of all the female companions that Jamie kind of looks to as a potential love interest more than anybody else. I could see that. And, and you kind of see the beginnings of it here. I mean, he's, he's literally the, 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 the knight in shining armor that comes to her rescue. I mean, that's the whole test that he has to do. Yeah. Well, he's definitely got a protective vibe. Around I, her. I don't know if it's a love interest or he's more like a big brother trying to protect her, like the chivalry thing. I always felt like I always felt like Zoe and jo- and and Jamie were our brother and sister. Like they didn't feel like they were romantic at all. But I don't get the brotherly feeling towards uh, uh, you know with uh, Victoria. With Victoria, I, it feels like it's something else there. But I haven't, I've only seen a few of their stories, so I don't really, obviously there's a lot that, you know, we haven't seen, we haven't done on the show and we haven't, that don't exist, so. Well, exactly, and hopefully we'll get even more of them as it comes along. You know, we were able to, lucky enough to see Enemy of the World, or we've been able to see some of the other ones with her in it. I'd like to see, you know, I'm still waiting for us to see Wheel in Space so we could see the first Zoe episode. Yes, yes. Um so uh so let me get this straight so uh, as far as jamie's timeline goes when jamie joins are ben and polly already there yeah ben and polly start with the uh, first doctor okay so we've got ben and polly 
so Jamie is with Ben and Polly first, then he's with Victoria and then Zoe after that. Right. So he Correct. only has, so he only has to share the TARDIS with those people. So he doesn't have a huge range of other people to compare to. So, so maybe, uh, you know, um, well, but he, you know, he was the longest running companion with Patrick. Right. You know. And it does seem like, um, Samantha, uh, the role, the character Samantha in the Faceless Ones, it, it, there is some sparks between Jamie and her for sure. Oh, very much so. Yeah, I can see that more than Victoria, actually. Yes. Yeah. So, but I do wonder because she turned it down. I do wonder if the writers were thinking that they did want to give him a love interest going forward, and then that was replaced with Victoria. But instead, you got Victoria. <laughs> yeah, and she's like I said, I you know she's not great in this. I, there's nothing in this to make me go like, ooh, I want her aboard. And to be honest with you, in all the stories that I've seen her in, she's she doesn't help her cause at all. So yeah, well, they just don't give her anything to do. Yeah, you know, I can't except scream. I don't want to be too hard on Deborah because you know she's got the, what she's got to work with and everything, but. Uh, you know, they, they, I don't, I don't, con- I consider Victoria, if not the weakest, one of the weakest uh, uh, companions of the Doctor, period. Okay. That's fair. I mean, I don't dislike Victoria, but she's just kind of, she, I still she put just her, doesn't do I, much. I still put her yeah. up above Mel, so it's okay. Yes, I, <laughs> yes, I think, I think. Well, I, that, I that's have... a low bar. <laughs> yeah, and well, I... we're talking about low bars here. <laughs> <laughs> and, I, and I, you know, I think Perry's below her, and you know, oh, Perry drives me insane. She's <laughs> so annoying. I, I I can't disagree with those assessments. I, I would probably put Victoria above the two of them as well. All right, what about Tegan and Nissa? No, uh, actually Victoria. this hold, let's hold these thoughts this could be a great <laughs> a great episode battle of the doctor who companions you know <laughs> we could do like a thing who's who who ranks higher you know i think we're coming up with a new episode for dragon con this year <laughs> I, I will say though i you know um i am glad that the bbc is allowing some funds for this to happen uh, I'm glad that we're getting these stories and uh, I hope that uh, they continue. I know we're getting, we're set to get Abominable Snowman and uh, you know, hopefully they're just going to keep uh, turning these out until we have an entire collection of a solid collection of Doctor Who stories. I, I hope wonderful. the animation is better. I know mm-hmm. we were supposed to get Galaxy 4 here in the States, but I got an email from Amazon just this last week saying it's delayed. Hmm. definitely so mm-hmm. they'll right. notify me when it's due in because i pre i i always pre-order these discs when they come out and everything and all our friends in the uk who are listening are probably going ha, 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 we got ours already mike <laughs> yeah it's look i you know i'm still not happy about that i'm not happy that they don't come out in dv in, in blu-ray although it looks like the abominable snowman is supposed to come out in blu-ray in the states at least you can pre-order it on Amazon that way but for now. Crossed. Right, right. But um, but also, you know, just my DVD, the, the packaging, the cover art on this is just lame. It doesn't make me, like, really want to go out and, like, yeah. I don't think it, it properly depicts how good of a story this is and how important of a story it is in Doctor Who, like, in the, in the franchise. Mm-hmm. This is one of the better Dalek stories. And the the way they treat it, it looks like it's just some sort of I don't know, 
made for TV movie thing. Like it's just that is a terrible cover. That it is, is a really bad. Cover. I will say that they with the animated ones. The face actually. Let me rephrase that because the faceless ones was pretty cool looking. And the Macrotera, I thought the cover was pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Now, granted, in Britain you can get steel box covers, um, <laughs> so it's like that's pretty nice. But uh, you know, if they're not going to give us that, then come on, man. No, okay. I mean, it, it's a good enough story that even though the animation is not as good as some previous ones, I I still enjoy it. I mean, it, it didn't detract from it enough to to you know to wreck the story but by no means no yeah i will say it did appear that i don't know if they had time constraints or budget constraints or what it was but it it does seem to be inferior to to the two previous releases yeah not nearly as bad as uh you know some of the other animation oh no no there's definitely worse animation (laughs) that some of the other companies did but uh you know i i'm pretty pleased i think we've talked very highly about this this company that's been doing them the last few times and uh i think that's why we're kind of disappointed in this one because we're yeah i mean i'm sure there's some story behind it why that happened yeah no i'm sure about that all right kids any final thoughts before we go ahead and rate this one uh music was good too i like the music oh yeah the music was good no very much so all right, one out of five Tardises, one being the worst, five being the best. Mary, ladies first tonight. Oh, I'm going to give it a four. Um, I'm, I might have gone as high as four and a half, but then, I mean, there's some problems with the animation. Victoria doesn't do anything. And really, it's, you know, as usual, there's lots of filler. There's lots of running around, you know, to stretch it out to seven episodes. But the core of the story is good. Troughton is good. Jamie is great. Um, so, you know, and it, it, it's definitely enjoyable and I, and I would recommend, you know, watching it definitely. So yeah, give it a four. Okay. Mr. Mike. Uh, I'm going to give it a four as well. I think it's a, an important episode. Um, Dalek wise. I think it's a great one. It's an interesting backstory. You know, the fact that it was supposed to be the last one or whatever, the final part of it with the, um, the battle and the explosions and everything. I definitely encourage people to check out the bonus material so they can see what that looked like live action. Um, it's a great story for Jamie fans. If you are Jamie McKinnon's fan, I mean, what McCrimmon, right? McCrimmon. Right? Yeah, man. Uh, you know, uh, this is this is a good one, and it's an interesting side of Troughton's Doctor that we don't usually get to see. So, um, I, I really appreciate all those things. Yes, it's seven episodes, but to be honest with you, um, you know, I think if you break it up, it, it's quite nice and quite quite nicely digestible. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Ah, damn it, I'm going to agree with you guys once again. <laughs> Uh, cause I can't give it a four and a half, but I really liked this one. I really, really did. And like you guys have said, some problems with the animation, some of the characters looked really stiff and it almost looked like, oh, well we have a template already made for Patrick. Let's just use it in each scene. You know, mm-hmm. let's not give him facial range or items like that. Yeah. But- I saw them reusing facial expressions. Mm-hmm. Which makes me think that they had budgetary constraints. <laughs> oh, I'm sure they did. I am so sure they yeah. did. But, and 
yeah, Victoria, this is, I've always wanted to see how she joined, you know, cause I've, you know, read, you know, in like, even like the Doctor Who Compendium and Doctor Who Companions and stuff. Oh, Victoria joined the crew of the TARDIS after her father was killed by the Daleks. How did her father die? I <laughs> want to know the story. So I read the Target novelization and I, that, you know, got it. But to see it up on the screen finally is awesome. It is awesome. What did you guys think at home? We definitely would love to hear from you guys. You know, please write us feedback at our station com. All right, folks, we hope you had a very wonderful holiday. Thank you guys for everything you guys did for us in 2021. We so appreciate you guys. Definitely, you know, we got great things coming in 2022. We might even be talking to a doctor in 2022. Ooh, Ooh. who are we talking about? Hmm. Well, I've got an appointment in January. So. Well, I, <laughs> see, Mike's starting the year off with a bang. Hopefully, Time for he'll my physical. He'll be using his sonic screwdriver in ways we don't want to mention. <laughs> so, but you know, please, you know, join us for the next year. We got a lot of things going on. We'll be here for all the specials. We'll be here with any Doctor Who news. And we've got a couple of really cool talk topics we're going to be doing facebook lives with the facebook live we did last time was really successful we had a really good turnout with people and we got a lot of great feedback from that so folks thank you as always for helping us out and just enjoying yourselves and everything any suggestions for the podcast anyone you'd like to see us join us or if you want to join us please feedback at our station who.com write us we definitely would love to talk to you guys with that being said, we are going to be back in just one week. That's right. It's not the usual two weeks. We are going to be back in one week, and we are looking at Eve of the Daleks. Oh, God. I didn't even think that we were putting Dalek episodes back to back. You know? <laughs> yeah, from Evil of the Daleks to Eve of, Eve of the Daleks. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well. So it's going to be a ton of fun talking more Daleks. And, you know, at least we have Judy. and uh, Not Judy. We'll have Jody, and it'll be a ton of fun with that. So please, until then, love your everybody. Hope you guys have a fantastic New Year's. And you know what? Here's to a great 2022 for all of us. Peace, and we are done. Thank you, guys. We'll see you. Ciao. Ooh. You have been listening to Earth Station Who, a bi-weekly pop culture podcast dedicated to all things Doctor Who, featuring talents from across the universe. All topics on the show are the sole opinions of the individual and are used for entertainment value alone. You can subscribe to our podcast up on iTunes, Stitcher, or follow our blog at www.esopodcast.com. You can also follow us up on Facebook, Twitter, or Google+. If you enjoyed the show, please leave feedback up on iTunes. podcasts then you're gonna hate thunder talk tasteless subject matter mature humor contempt for our co-hosts unapologetic social views edgy music and total irreverence for the nerd junk we love are all reasons why no one no one no one should listen to thunder talk find us on the eso network and all podcasting platforms or don't whatever 
This has been a broadcast of the ESO Network. Be part of the crew and help support our shows by donating to our ESO Patreon or by shopping for the Tee Public Store, which can all be found at www.esonetwork.com. The ESO Network, your station for all things geek.